0: Well hello all you lovely people out there, welcome back to Quiz in the Club, the February Part 2 edition. Today is very exciting as we are looking at new albums from Sasami, Hooray for the Riff Raff and Joseph Salvat. Our gay icon of the week is Freddie Mercury. Hello, bonjourno, hi, and welcome back to Queers in the Club, the new LGBTQ plus focused music podcast. Um, I'm sure hopefully you will have realised what this is by now, because you may be subscribed. And speaking of subscribers, we've actually got quite a few. There's a lovely little community of you growing. I say community, it's more like my mum. Anyway, um, it's good to hear from you guys sometimes i've actually had a few reviews come in which has been great to see um so thank you to all of you who've given those um and yeah why don't we launch into february i realize this will be going up in march but it will be early march at that so we can do a review of the month prior obviously last week was february in sort of the first half of february three albums there and this week we have three new albums from the second half we've also got though some new tracks and sure enough we are launching off today's podcast with a new song by Bree runway best new track one The Music of Black Origin Awards, or Mobos, took place in December last year and were kicked off in a big way by a certain one, Brie Runway, who sung a mashup of Hot Hot, um, a track you should definitely listen to, by the way, and an unreleased song called Pressure. Fast forward to February, and Brie dropped this song in its entirety, along with a gender bending, fashion forward music video to boot. Pressure is the name of the track, and it's a straight up banger, full of confidence and attitude, with Brie, who was nominated for the Rising Star Awards at the 2022 Brit, showing her versatility as a rapper, a singer and a dancer, apparently. I mean, just watch that, Mobo's performance. That will tell you enough. In fact, when she released the song, she said the track oozes Africa, with the rhythm of the drums, the attitude and the assurance. Uh, Pressure is definitely an accurate title for the track, in my opinion. What's more, she's teased that this is actually the first track of a trilogy, so I cannot wait to see what Brie has in store for us with parts two and three, if this is anything to go by. Definitely a fun track. New album alert. So let's get started then with our first album of the week, and it is Hooray for the Riff Raff, Life on Earth. It's the eighth album from Hooray for the Riff Raff, a.k.a. Alinda Sagara. I apologise if I mess up that pronunciation. Um, and it was released on Non Such Records. Sagara is a queer woman who was born in the Bronx and raised by her Puerto Rican aunt and uncle. Her themes of being a Latinx immigrant in the US have appeared from time to time on their previous releases, such as the 2017 epic song Palante. Definitely want to check out. This album, though, Sagara described it as nature punk. Um, Not that it's, you know, climate action based or anything like that, but it more so summarises the sound of this highly contemplative album um, and that is titled Life on Earth. It's a piece of indie rock that shimmers with Springsteen-esque hooks and that nature punk description that she gave comes through in the kind of raw, earthy instrumentation as seen on our first track pierced arrows so i chose this track pierced arrows to sort of summarize the album because sagara herself described the song as trying to outrun trauma um to find a meeting place between tough and tender and indeed lyrically she serves this to us well i mean the opening line try to avoid running into my ex on broadway there are lots of references to running she is trying to escape these pierced arrows that fall from the sky um their descriptions being chased and trying to escape unscathed in an ever-changing landscape the springsteen like instrumentation suits this song so well and it really conjures an image of sagara running from the arrows from the sky running for safety trying to escape um, which are themes that may become more and more evident as we move from the track list towards our next song precious cargo which is different in sound but certainly continues that interesting theme of running precious cargo then what might seem like classic rock served Americana style though is subverted by Takara's lyrics and this track in particular does that as I mentioned, she often incorporates the experience of being a Puerto Rican immigrant into her work. Um, on the opener, she describes wolves appearing at her front door. Um, and on the title track, Life on Earth, Sagara depicts a girl in a cage with the moon in her eye. It's very heartbreaking stuff, and none the more so on my personal favourite song from the project, Precious Cargo. Over a very still trip-hop backing, Sagara sings slash raps, I guess, about a man's experience of trying to cross the US-Mexico border, his detention, and then the later separation of his family, and in the refrain of the song, sleeping on the floor like a dog for 17 days. This is such an important narrative for Sagara to share, having visited herself the ICE facilities in Louisiana back in 2019, and this is particularly true, given that these Im- immigrant communities are so often villainized, highlighted by Sagara's storytelling and the narrator who says, No mean no, never see no handcuffs till I get to the USA. I mean, you know, this is a really important story to tell. And it's definitely a track that will stick with you if you're given a listen. So this is Precious Cargo by Hooray for the Riff new track two charlie xcx album crash is coming march 18th and in anticipation she released the song beg for you as the third single off of the album gaze up and down the country screamed um as i previously mentioned charlie xcx was a huge part of progressing the hyper pop genre through her work with the pc music camp and it's also a huge ally to the queer community i mean if this podcast is still going in 50 years time i would expect her to see in the certified gay icon slot it was just inevitable um proving this once again the track beg for you features british japanese artist Rina sawayama who made big waves with her pop come metal debut album sawayama in 2020 the two operate in the same sort of Boundary pushing pop music and the two complement each other really well on the track. But I've actually gone with the AG Cook remix of the song, which was released last week, um, to feature on the podcast. I find personally that the remix just adds a few quirks here and there just to make the track all the more interesting, particularly in the pitch shifting vocals um, during the chorus. It's like Charlie and Rena made a really beautiful curry. And then A.G. Cook just added some mango chutney. He just he just lifts the track and it makes it um, all the more interesting by bending it and shaping it in new ways. So that's going to be my pick for best new track number two. New album alert. Right then, let's move on to album number two, which is Sasami's new album, Squeeze. Duality is at the heart of Squeeze, the second album by queer indie rock artist Sasami. Just take this slightly scary looking album art in which Sasami appears as the snake with the head of a woman, which is, um, according to her, a representation of a deity from Japanese folklore who would offer a small bundle resembling a baby to potential victims. And apparently the story goes that the spirit would kill those who discarded the bundle but would spare those who held the bundle thinking it was a baby. Um, The conflict then is heightened on the album, this duality. The conflict between explosive new metal rage and maternal gentleness is highly evident in this new album. Take this first track then, say it. Say it opens with abrasive industrial guitar and drums, as Sasami calls back her lover. It's almost like a siren sounding in a metal factory, and throughout the album, these metal influences often you know, crop up here and there. Interestingly though, Sasami's vocal melody in the refrain, don't want to agonize, just say it, are much more restrained, as if she's trying desperately to control the situation as the instrumentation builds and abrasiveness throughout the track, Um, it's a really interesting contrast and one that I didn't pick up necessarily on the first time of listening. Um, I personally think I have a tendency to maybe dismiss rock um, or metal inspired tracks as just pure noise but this song is exemplary of how when given a chance there's often a lot of emphasis on melody or melodies that are actually quite restrained in comparison to their heavy rock background. I mean, this song is by no means noise rock or death metal or anything like that, but the contrast of industrial and lullaby-esque vocals makes it an intriguing song nonetheless. Call Me Home, though, is my favourite track off the project and it's a breath of fresh air on the tracklist, I think. It starts out with some simple acoustic guitar and drum kicks. Um, it breaks out into this somewhat psychedelic, uh, dreamy, watery synth as the track goes on. The combination really places Sasami's surprisingly tender vocals at the forefront as she croons after a lover who is packing his bags and singing his goodbyes. It sort of reminds me of the new Mitski album, if you're a fan of that, um, and in places a lot of longing um, at the forefront and reflects that in very restrained vocal melodies backed by synthy-dreaming instrumentation. There's even a key change for good measure, just to make that line, you can always call me home, stick right out in the forefront. Um, As a kind of visual comparison, I almost feel like this track is like taking off into space, as Sasami plays the role of Houston, reminding you that there's always a place for you with her, back on earth. Definitely listen to this album. It's got metal and it's got this type of thing. So it's really diverse in in its track list, but it all still feels cohesive at the end of the day. Best new track three. Something a bit more chilled out for you now, as we have a single from... Omar Apollo's upcoming debut album. The song is called Invincible and it opens with gentle electronic guitar strumming. Um, The featured artist, Daniel Caesar, his falsetto feels so gentle, grappling with love and longing, and both artists complement each other so well. Even when they're rapping, it's still a very swoony song to my ears um i'm excited to see what this means for omar apollo's album due for release in april interestingly he's always politely declined to define his sexuality in interviews preferring to reject any labels that come with it um it may seem a bit counterproductive then to put him on a podcast called quiz in the club but my reason isn't to label him as any one thing It's moreover that his songs, this one included, are often very open in terms of who they're addressed to, regardless of gender. Apollo songs often feature both female and male pronouns, and while that doesn't define him as a person to a certain label, it's an openness that I think is all the more important to celebrate and highlight for anyone else who might be feeling the same way. All that besides, just listen to the song because it's very sweet. No matter who it's addressed to, queer or not, it's a nice song. New album alert. Our next new album is by Joseph Salvat. Now, if you're unaware of who that is, don't worry, because so was I until about two months ago when I heard the song Promiscuity on Gay Times' Queer and Now playlist. Um, I ended up doing some research and found out this was the lead single of his upcoming album Islands, released uh, on February 18th. Joseph Salvat is an Australian singer-songwriter who's written for Paloma Faith and weirdly went to number two in France with his cover of Rihanna's Diamonds. Now, having previously been shackled to a major music label, Salvat is independent and reveling in his new creative control. The album Islands is relatively simple but effective pop music. It spans the colourful and the melancholic as Salvat explores themes of sexuality, regret and broken promises. The former comes through in the track that introduced me to Salvat. Prince is inevitably the immediate reference point that comes to my mind with this track. The funk bass grooves and descending guitar leads are so Prince, but to me it doesn't come off as derivative particularly for Joseph's discussion of sexuality that I mean leaves no room for the imagination the opening line of sleeping with all the girls and all the boys and all the girls and all the boys really just about surmises the themes of a track called promiscuity um but particularly in a nihilistic way as Joseph talks about letting go of you know sexual boundaries because the whole world is screwed funnily enough it also reminds me of a track called screwed by Janelle Monae, which simply takes a fun liberated view on sexuality in the face of impending doom. And like that song, Promiscuity is fun, it's colourful and super catchy, so it makes for a nice introduction to Salva and to the album Islands. Promiscuity, from me. Just it, baby. My personal favourite from the album is Sunbeams. It's quite low-key in production, but maintains Salvat's great songwriting, which basically is the kind of selling point of this album, I think. Um, It plays on themes of anxiety as Salvat finds realizations about his past relationships. Um, With difficult acceptance that builds up over time in the album, Sunbeams is the culmination of letting those anxieties go. If the album, true to its title, really was an island, Sunbeams is the oasis of cool water in its center. Its instrumentation is deep, with its synth grooves contrasting with Salvat's pure voice. Um, it's very bright, dreamlike, and a release from the other worries that plague Joseph up until this point. Um, it's definitely a highlight from the track list, in my opinion. Right. Hello, hello. Out of podcast mode for a minute. Um, It's me, George. Um, I'm recording this just because I wanted to talk a little bit about something that might be important or might be interesting to talk about. There are sirens in the background of this. I do live in Lenten, so no surprises there. Um, Basically, what I thought might be useful because in the upcoming section I'm going to talk about someone who goes by they, them or hen pronouns, hen is the Swedish equivalent, Um, kind of thinking about all these things, I thought it might be useful um, to do a bonus episode where I talk about the various terminology used in the queer community, um, a sort of glossary or, or toolbox, if you like, to make sense of the the varied lexicon that exists um that can otherwise seem a bit complex if you're not entirely sure and i know there's a lot of people feel maybe nervous or anxious that they might offend someone if they get it wrong so maybe if i did sort of like a recap a rundown of the dictionary terms as it were um it might be helpful so let me know what do you think do you think that would be a good idea um i know that certainly i'm happy to talk about it and obviously do some research and explain a few things so um, that might be an idea teased for an upcoming bonus episode. Back to music though. Um, And we're looking this time at our track from the library, aka a song from previous years that I want to feature in particular this week. Shh, it's one from the library. This song is Pass This On by The Knife who are a Swedish sibling duo, who are legendary for their electronic dance music with a forward-thinking approach. Um, Unfortunately, they're not together anymore, even though they are siblings. But the duo consisted of brother, Olaf, and sibling, Karen, who goes by they, them pronouns in English and hen in Swedish. Again, if you're not sure about these types of pronouns, don't worry. I might be doing an upcoming bonus episode on them. But anyway, as much as the knife are considered super influential, my f- actual first introduction to them was when I was watching this film called Les Amours Imaginaires, or Heartbeats if we're going to use the English title, which um, it's a French film and it became one of my favourite films in its own right, but I'm going to talk about something um, that really pushed it over the edge for me there's a scene in it when the two protagonists uh, a man and a woman are both vying for the same guy i mean throughout the film this is the entire plot they they're vying both of them it's like a competition even though they're friends but they kind of both fail to get him um and there's this scene where they're all at a house party and this song past this on begins to play the friends watch on Part enviously part um jealously part you know rage as their unrequited love interest dances away carefree oblivious with another woman the lights flash and all goes into slow motion while the friends watch on and the love interest is um transformed into a greek god basically it's a great scene in itself and i really recommend the film you know it is french i know annoying but it's a good film Um, what makes it is this song. I mean, Scandinavians really know how to do sleek electronic music, um, but what the knife do here is add color through these plinky steel drum sounds. I've not really heard a lot of songs other than maybe reggae that use steel drum, and I think it's a really great addition here. Karen's vocals retain that somewhat hoarse Swedish accent. I say that as the biggest compliment in the world. But it only adds to that sense of dreaminess um, that the song emits. I'm a massive Bjork fan, if anyone knows me, they know I love Bjork. And again, it's got that kind of slightly esoteric or ethereal sound to it. And I just love that that accent. Um, but yeah, it's danceable too. Um, it's a great track, so I definitely give it a listen. And I mean, that personal story of watching the film is really interesting. I wonder if, again, idea for another episode we could talk about films and music the relationship between them particularly in queer films there's such a connection uh, between music and film soundtracks um, i wonder if that might be an interesting topic to cover too so watch this space certified, certified gay, gay icon, icon. You know I was actually going to do Cher as this week's certified gay icon and don't get me wrong she'll definitely be getting a spot at some point but it did strike me then that it would have been if I'd done Cher three cis het white women in a row and the obsessions of queer people do often default to cis het women which is something maybe we need to start questioning I mean, perhaps it's the fact that no artist could be openly queer and be successful, um, which led to, you know, gays flocking to women who expressed an open sexuality and liberation that gay men and femmes could never do. Um, And don't get me wrong, these women were often groundbreaking um, in their own right and incredible pop artists. Um, But it was often their flamboyance or sexuality that led to their queer following rather than their actual queerness or engagement in queer matters. I think the tide is beginning to change um, with people celebrating queer identities and queer artists more and more. I mean, just take this podcast, for example. But there is a pattern that could be examined there. The same, though, could not be said for Freddie Mercury. Exhibiting all the same flamboyance and campiness as his female counterparts, the frontman of legendary British rock band Queen soon became a gay icon without ever publicly coming out. His queerness, having dated both men and women, was much like his South Asian heritage hidden away for the stage persona of Freddie Mercury. What was not hidden though was his charismatic and camp stage presence. Author Ryan Butcher describes Mercury as Almost a covert agent for the LGBTQ community, dropping these little seeds of queer culture into the heterosexual mindset. I think that's a really good way of putting it. And I've seen also someone refer to Freddie Mercury as a double agent or like a double bluff in the sense that, like, he's almost so camp that people didn't think he could be gay because it was just, you know, too obvious in some ways. But to exhibit this campness, what better song and video, particularly the video, does, does it better than I want to break free. The iconic image of a Coronation Street-style living room being hoovered by a mustachioed woman in a pink top and black wig is hard to forget. But there is only one song that best summarises the band Queen and the icon of Freddie Mercury, and that of course is Bohemian Rhapsody. It's instantly recognisable thanks to the opening of Is This The Real Life? Is This Just Fantasy? And Bohemian Rhapsody has been analysed to death, and I'm not gonna, you know, add anything new in trying to explain why it's considered one of the greatest songs of all time. I feel like everyone knows this song. But in case you don't, I guess, um, it's a rock opera of epic proportions. I mean, it's kind of bizarre how this song is so catchy. It sort of shouldn't be because it veers wildly from balladry to hard rock, from soft piano to Brian May's iconic guitar riffs and Roger Taylor's thundering rhythm section. But it's all tied together by the operatic fretting And it's truly amazing, in my opinion, that a song considered to be one of the best of all time, a rock song at that, is fronted by a queer man. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly sad, thinking back now that he was taken too soon from us by AIDS-related illnesses, but ultimately, this section is a celebration rather than a commemoration. So, you've all heard this song. It's nothing new, but it's Bohemian Rhapsody, innit? So there you go. We've kind of covered several different genres there today. Thinking back, we had Hooray for the Riff Raff, we've had Sasami, Joseph Salvat, and we've ended up with Freddie Mercury. We've covered a lot of bases, but I'm glad to have gone on this journey. Thank you for listening. Um, If you've follow my Instagram account at Quiz in the Club, you will know that in fact, I've recently set up a Spotify playlist, which includes all the songs that have been played on this podcast. So if you listen to that, follow that um, Spotify playlist, you'll be able to browse the tracks at your own leisure. Um, Also, I should point out that I do list the tracks in the description so if you're not sure if you catch a song and you think you like it but can't remember what it is you'll be able to look back at all the titles and the artists in that description anyhow thank you for listening february has been a good month for music i would say i'm very excited to see what's happening going forward in march we've got some exciting releases some of the tracks um the kind of best new tracks that i've mentioned are teasers from upcoming albums so very exciting stuff also as i said look out for those bonus episodes either to do with pronouns or potentially filmed soundtracks what their kind of relationship to that is who knows but look out watch this space and i will see you very shortly in the future thanks for listening i'm george and this is quiz in the club